make a move and then she's calling Boris Fires, Cougars Marlin Take a chance and roll the dice one day If you're a DM player, find you Millennials can join this quest too Expedition, we're gonna find a way Bloody hell. Bloody, bloody hell. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to stay around for long, but I'm back. And I haven't really got a topic today, but I... I well, yes and no. Um, I do have a... Well, first, welcome back to Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Which really as my good friend Spencer from Keep Off the Borderlands says should be should be renamed because well we moved we moved and that's partially why I haven't recorded I would say it's mainly why I haven't recorded in so long but uh, there's been other stuff uh, we had friends visit for the first time since since uh, covid we I did we, we no one's come to stay with us for a long, 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 long time. Um, and some good friends of ours um, came to stay, so we spent some time with them. And then pretty much straight after that, we flew to England, or Plague Island, as my friends refer to it. Plague Island. Um, we didn't get COVID while we, were, while we were there, but my niece did, who we'd spent time with. So that was a anxious few hours while we went and rushed and got a test to see whether we'd be able to fly back to the US um, in the, in two days later uh, it all went fine um, yeah so everything has conspired really I suppose um, plus also you know I couldn't be asked I couldn't be asked and I didn't have a lot I, I didn't really feel like I had a lot to talk about and I've been very much focused on on two things uh well three things if you count mo- moving house buying a house actually which was uh slightly stressful i would say slightly um let's say at one point it looked like we were going to be homeless <laughs> and with nowhere to store our our possessions but um that all worked out in the end but i won't go into the details because i i i don't want to i don't want to je- I, I i don't want to incriminate myself <laughs> in any way about anything I didn't do anything bad but um, anyway less said about that the better but we are we got in we are in we are in a house we own a house for the first time well I've never owned a house before uh, I've only owned one property before in my entire life and that was um, that was between 2001 and um, or 2002 actually and 2009 and since 2009 we've not owned any property we've been you know on the move so much first to Spain and then to the US and then and, you know we moved from New York and we moved from New York to LA and then we moved from LA to San Francisco and it was all you know work was th- hurling us all around the planet really and um, but now we've settled 
or at least I hope we've settled. We, I, I bloody hope we've settled because you know we've bought a house, <laughs> and it is a we love it. It's in the woods, and the reason why, of course, that you know, think about renaming the podcast is that we no longer live on Grizzly Peaks. So, I made a rod for my own back there, didn't I? Really calling it expedition to the grizzly peaks we we haven't moved that far away from grizzly peaks little secret it's actually called grizzly peak but you know artistic license eh? i'll for in my in my heart it will always be grizzly peaks and um we moved about two miles so i suppose thinking about it rare it really is the shortest move i've ever done but we're in like a completely different place now. Um, where we were up on Grizzly Peak, um, it was near the ridge. It was really high up and pretty exposed. So when it was hot, it was unbearable on the top floor because um, it, you come in at the top floor and the house goes down the hill and it had big glass um, almost glass walls. I mean, they were windows, but they were you might as well have might as well have been a big glass wall the size of it. And the sun would just beat in there all afternoon. And I swear to God, it, it was getting up maybe not ninety degrees in there, but high eighties sometimes inside inside the living room in the main living area. <laughs> so we are now down in the valley, down, 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 down in the damp, dark, deep, dank valley. Um, beautiful little place. Um, it's actually got a equally evocative name where we live. The little bit that we live in is called Forestland, and that makes me happy. Um, I, I think it was invented that name because I don't think it had a name where we lived. The nearest town is called Montclair, the nearest village, I suppose, really, and and all the little bits around it have got these funny little names, um, and our, and our funny little name is is Forestland, and yeah. Um, it's a the house is nearly a hundred years old. It's made out of wood. It's on it's on stilts, as a lot of the houses around where we you know in that area are because it's so hilly, it's so steep that they sort of built on the hillsides and they have stilts that stop them from falling down. Um, it doesn't have um, what is known as retrofitting. I, I I suppose that's not technically the right word because when houses are built new in the area, then they're not installed with retrofitting. What they're installed with is earthquake proofing. Earthquake proofing, um, which sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? But yes, we live in the East Bay. We live in the San Francisco area and earthquakes are a thing. And when they build new houses, they they build them in a way that, that they're not, they're not going to fall down during an earthquake. But they didn't know how to do this um, 100 years ago. So if you live in a not even that old a house, but I guess a house maybe older than 20, 30 years old, you need to have them retrofitted, right? To make them earthquake-proof. And that sounds, that sounds, oh my God, what, what do you do? Do you put, put in these kind of um, hydraulic p- pistons and kind of fluid-based um, foundations? No, no. You bolt the house to the foundation. <laughs> With the metal rods and and metal bolts, <laughs> it is it's quite bizarre. Like I I've, I saw it in a couple of houses that we were looking at when we were looking. 
um and and um really it's literally these two inch thick metal rods and it bolts the house onto the foundations and you think how the fuck is that going to stop it falling down in an earthquake and so i looked it up <laughs> the other thing they do okay this seems even more insane or, or or you know impossible unlikely is they just line the foundation and and, and the reason i'm talking about the foundation is that unlike other countries or certainly unlike the uk um unlike the uk the the houses here have crawl spaces so you can get underneath them um underneath underneath the, the basement or underneath the, the ground floor so you can look in and see this stuff which is kind of crazy but um the other thing they do is they put thin plywood sheeting all the way around the inside of the foundation inside the crawl space and apparently that helps as well and i'm thinking well like a quarter inch plywood 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 what the fuck's that gonna do but i mean maybe it's the same principle but what what the bolt does i mean the, the metal bolt and the rod hardly seems like it's got much strength at all really in an earthquake but what it does all it's designed to do is keep the house sitting directly on top of the foundation the reason that these old houses used to fall down is that they would kind of just slightly move off the foundation they would kind of judder to the side and once it's off the foundation then the whole thing collapses so all you need to do apparently to stop the house falling down during an earthquake is just make sure it can't move sideways oh okay well that's what they say i guess i'll believe them um it's not, not that expensive either it's a few thousand and if you think about that compared to how much it costs to, to rebuild a house it's probably worth doing is this a gaming podcast or a um, earthquake prevention podcast i don't know quite yet but um when i return um I will talk about games. Or rather, I'll talk about books. <laughs> okay. See you in a bit. The wind drowns out your screaming. They'll never smell your body. So, some gaming. Then, eh? Eh? That's what you're here for? Is it? If you're still here. I mean... Uh, pod fading is a thing and there have been many moments during these last six weeks that I thought well let's just pack it all in I'm you know I, I'm putting so much of my time and energy into um, Grizzly Peaks Radio that uh, do I really need to do this other one and, and I feel like yes you know I mean can you have too much of a good thing that's the question <laughs> um you can certainly have too much of a bad thing. Maybe that's a more pertinent question to ask. But, um, yeah, you know, I have thoughts, and it's a good way of getting them out. And Grizzly Peaks Radio is somewhere where, um, you know, it's 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 not entirely um, constructed, but it sort of is. It, it's constructed out of the improvisation, but then given that we're mostly running mostly running published work the seed of it is something that's been constructed as well so there is a the um, 
the way it comes out is is improvised, but then everything else around it is constructed and thought through. So, um, you know, it's not like I can be too expressive stroke creative in that, except in the execution, and, and, and that's where I'm finding a lot of joy in in that execution. But um, having said all that, the scenario, the old farts stroke white dwarf crew scenario that we've been running now, well, we're we're up to session twelve, um, which uh, and, it, and we haven't been entirely consistent. So, so that means we've been going for, poof, well, I mean that I would say I would say half a year. We've been going for half a year on this one. Um, even if we were playing every every two weeks, that that's twenty four weeks. So, so um, yeah, we've been going half a year on this one, and well, I. I I sort of don't want it to end because because I think there's some magic happening here. But in 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 the characters that that they've the way the characters come together, the way that the story is is unfolding, I feel like I'm definitely doing some of my best work, and it's kind of like lightning in a bottle it feels like it's it's just it's just happening i i think this crew this white dwarf crew have have had lots of moments of that but this particular scenario has it's it's just come together and and what's what's um poignant about it for me is that it's come out of a like a three page white dwarf scenario and even at my slow rate of running um that you know we gone we've gone way 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 beyond what's what's in the scenario uh, I mean, you couldn't run twelve sessions from a three-page scenario uh, without without creating a lot of other stuff. And you know, it's all it's it, to me, it's all logically followed on from the scenario. What's interesting about Ghost Jackal Kill, for for it is that, um, is that it's almost like this bunch of unresolved seeds there. Um, I think my players would be very surprised. If if they read that scenario, maybe maybe I'll just share the the PDF with them afterwards, and 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 they'll they'll have a bit of a laugh because really there's very little there. Um, there's more there than than in the Washers of Warburswick, but but that was only four sessions, and I, I think we we pretty much um, we pretty much drained that one dry. There wasn't really much, uh, ironically, given that it was um, deep ones. Um, but there wasn't really much else I, th- I think that we could have done there. But but this one, even though it's only three, maybe four pages um, of White Dwarf, has, has so much um, fodder for the imagination. Um, we haven't released any episodes yet on um, Grizzly Peaks Radio because I'm, you know, we're, we're of course way way behind terms of the release schedule that it just it's inevitable given how long it takes to edit and post produce but very soon we'll be putting it up there so i don't really want to talk about it very much in detail but but the 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 story is set in it's set in california it's set in san francisco and los angeles very very briefly in the the actual scenario And, and i really dug into that los angeles hollywood 1920s movie aspect because there's little bits of it in in the in the scenario but i felt that it was so enthralling that you know I, i'm so into that milieu you know i'm so into 
old black and white movies and the Hollywood, the, the classic Hollywood era, and and the the people and the and the stories and the art that was produced in that time, that I just I just went for it. I just went for it. So it's become almost like a love letter to the kind of movies that I like, the kind of actors that I like, the kind of moments and scenes, and and the the players have really played along with that beautifully. Um, I mean, we we ran a session very recently where, and, and this is a spoiler, but it's a, a relatively minor one, um, where each of them got their own sort of classic scene from a classic movie to play out due to some weird time paradoxy, wibbly wobbly thing that was going on, and they all played into it so beautifully. I, I knew they would. I knew at least uh, uh, I knew all of them actually. Um, maybe with the exception of Nikki because I, I don't really know what her movie tastes are but um, I, I knew that that TJ and Scott and Barney and Spencer I knew the kind of movies they're into just because of the podcast that they do and um, although it's not exactly the kind of stuff that they um, maybe talk about I mean Scott for instance talks a lot about about a lot of supernatural and, and horror movies and things like that but I knew that as film buffs they would they would immediately know if not the specific movie that was being evoked that they would know the the role that they would have to play in, in that and as I said no more spoilers but it actually sort of gave me it gave me this real joy that they played along with it because it could have been it could have fallen really flat if they hadn't you know it's a bit of a cheesy concept I suppose but I think the way we did it, it, it works really well. Uh, they, they suddenly became actors in, in, in someone else's movie. So that was nice. That was nice. And um, I really can't wait to put this one up. I think it, I think it will come across well as an actual play. Um, I do have a lot of terrible American accents in it, uh, for which I will no longer apologize. Uh, I just have to own it. You know, TJ at one point has to do an English accent, uh, English accent and, and good on him for doing that. So that's been, uh, along with with masks and um, uh, preparing for the next Berlin chapter and getting back to playing Two-Headed Serpent, finally, this seems to be a bit of a cursed, um, a cursed game because, well, I think we've only played four or five times this year. It's been really hard to schedule and I know this happens sometimes, but it just seems to be this this particular one that, that, that just is cursed by it but I'd love to you know what I'm actually trying to do and, and if only we could have played a few more sessions we would have definitely done it by now is to get ahead of Scott running it for the How We Roll um, podcast because they've been running they've been playing Two-Headed Serpent for two and a half years now and we've actually almost caught up with them um, the, both groups are well I, they're probably they certainly haven't published them all but they're they're either doing or just finishing the Iceland chapter and we're doing the Iceland chapter as well so so close to catching them uh, masks ongoing Australia 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 oh fuck me um, I am murdering murdering the the Aussie accents I, I you know I've got this sort of uh, everyone sounds like an ocker you know when I'm doing an Aussie accent they're all they're all sheep shearing jackaroos a lot of them Struth. I mean, <laughs> I've got Aussie friends who would just cringe if they ever heard it. 
well you've just heard it now um you can see you can vouch for yourself it's really hard to do nuance when you're doing broad accents and of course yes of course it's self self-evident but the, the problem is that you know everyone's australian so everyone I, I and i'm i'm hoping i'm getting some differentiation between a swag man and a professor at of meteorology but i don't think i am i really don't think i am um swag swag man found out what swag man means They're, you know there once was a swag man and all that um because it's not what you might think it's nothing to do with with coins or you know loot or anything like that um it's uh it's actually the swag uh is is um now can I can't remember. It's either the tent or the bag that they carry their stuff around in, um, and that's why they're 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 called a swag swagman because they they just they, you know they're they're hobos basically. But they 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 also work. So it's a sort of semi hobo lifestyle, um, itinerant workers moving around the Australian outback, you know, getting sheep shearing and and herding jobs and you know mine workers and that. Um, and I have again gone off gone off from the core book and I'm using Terra Australis one of the scenarios in Terra Australis which I really liked when I read it um, and uh, we're going to be playing that I'm going to have to figure out how to tie it all in with the main story otherwise it might seem a little bit pointless And uh, given that the time is closing in on them the, 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 the clock the, the ticking of the clock is, is getting louder and louder maybe they'll they'll feel that I kind of led them astray a bit by putting that uh, enticing side quest in their way but um, you know I, I guess you know we're enjoying the game so what does it matter if they end up um, with Nyarlathotep destroying the universe because they were there too late I think they probably will blame me in the end <laughs> but for now we're having fun oh and players if you're listening to this oh, you are going to listen to it aren't you um, I, I hold my hands up but we're all in this together. And then the other thing I want to talk about, just very briefly, is the um, amazing, amazing Jack Vance. Jack Vance, Jack Vance, Jack Vance. I know I talked about it in the last podcast and, and about um, Kugel the Clever and um, the uh, Eyes of the Overworld. But, my God, Leoness... I, I've just finished listening to Leoness. I absolutely devoured it. It, I, I think this is his masterwork. Actually, is Leoness, and I think it is recognised as that beyond Dying Earth, beyond, beyond Eyes of the Overworld. I, I don't even know where to begin describing it because it is so many things. It's so sh- surprising and shocking in parts, and it's so beautifully written so so beautifully written and it's so weird <laughs> and yet it's so familiar and i i don't know you kind of get this impression of jack vance if you've been in and around D for a long time but i don't think it's anything like what you're expecting it when you read it it's not this generic grab bag fantasy and yet at the same time it's got all of these elements in from all these different places so it has this sort of faux medieval setting um, Leoness is actually set in Europe weirdly uh, you know Leoness and the other fictional countries are somewhere in the Bay of Biscay I think Probably it's probably one of these sunken lands type things one of these Atlantean type deals but you know they talk about 
the other European countries and people from them, and they have accents and things, and that well, the reader gives them that, the narrator gives them that. But um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's in this faux medieval setting, and there are trolls and there are fairies and there are um, goblins and um, spellcraft wizards and there are and witches and paladins and kings and vassals and princesses and so it does seem like it's a complete grab bag but it absolutely isn't um, and, and even more so it's very episodic as well um, it weaves all these different threads together and you're sometimes a bit confused about what you know especially if you uh, you know your attention drifts at one point you're going hang on what where are we now who are these characters uh, um, and it's got a lot of characters in but it all comes together so amazingly um, towards the end and and what's fascinating about it I think is is that it's got this Grimm's fairy tale quality to it as well it's sort of it's got that kind of pure um, fairy tale aspect to it um, being cursed by um, naiads the fairy king um, trolls under the bridge ogres um, kidnapping children um, evil kings banishing their daughters to, to the garden and and the first book is called Saldron's Garden and initially you think oh it's going to be about this princess um, and she's put in the garden and locked away because she isn't going to marry the, who the king wants her to marry and she wants to marry for love and all of that kind of stuff and then the um, prince from another land who uh, escapes being assassinated he, he gets washed up on the shore finds his way to the garden they meet they fall in love but then it's a doomed love and, and you think oh and then, you know it's going to happen they'll escape and, and 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 then he gets captured and imprisoned and then she hangs herself <laughs> and that's and that's like in the first third of the book and you're going okay where's this going <laughs> where's this going and it becomes more and more kind of dark uh, there's there's awful and relatively accurate, I would say, medieval tortures inflicted upon the unlucky. Um, no one gets, no one gets an even break. Fate seems to have a very capricious hand. Um, there's awful scenes of 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 torture and 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 well, depravity. Bad things happen to good people all the time, all the time. And I was pretty shocked by this because I, I don't know, I thought it was, you know, a light fantasy book. But no, 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 Jack Vance is not light. Um, there isn't as much humour in it either as as in Eyes of the Overworld or, or Dying Earth, which are very funny books. Th this is this is quite tragic. This is deeply tragic. And then he pulls it all together at the end. And all I can say is, um, you know, get... I'm sure the whole trilogy is fantastic, the Leoness trilogy, but read Soldron's Garden or get it on an audiobook. Um, huge, hugely recommended, and I am just blown away, really, by Vance. I, uh, I, the more I read, stroke, listen to his work, the more, uh, more of a shame I think it is that people don't know his work well. You know, it's not, it'll never be 
it could never be seen in the same echelon in a way as Tolkien or Lovecraft or um, Moorcock because it's too quirky <laughs> and I say that with a little bit a little bit thinking what am I what am I saying because how, how much more quirky can you get than than I suppose than Lovecraft or Moorcock Moorcock J.R.R. Moorcraft and Tolkien isn't quirky really but you know it's not it's not yet every day and every day but but there's something so quirky about Vance and so um singular about his vision even though he's pulling from all these sources that that yeah it's not it's not an, it, it can't be archetype typical it can't be an archetype like Tolkien and Lovecraft and Moorcock are um it's just too damn weird but it's brilliant right I'm done um might see you soon but probably won't but go and check out Grizzly Peaks Radio I know most of uh, anyone that is interested in it probably has gone over and, and listens to it and those that are listening to this probably aren't but but that's where my passion is now and that's where you will see and hear more of, of my thoughts and, and all, all my good friends who I play with see you next time I'm a stranger and you're making mistakes I've 